Hello, and welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience Podcast. So I had reached out in the Facebook group and I just said, how's your cookie season going? And there's been definitely like a mix of responses of good and bad, right? And of course, cookie, the cookie program in general is a really big, it's a really big experience. It's a really big ordeal. It's a massive vehicle and there's a lot of pressure on cookie season. And so we've talked about cookie season quite a bit the past few weeks on this podcast. And I do want to talk about things other than cookies. I think that the girls want to talk about something other than cookies. I think a lot of volunteers want to talk about something other than cookies. And also thinking about cookies and putting time into cookies is also a really big part of this time of year. So I don't want to neglect that. But in particular in this episode, and this isn't going to be specifically cookie related, but Nicole replied to my post asking how cookie was season was going. And she said, it's disappointing because she has very few families who are selling at all and even less who are willing to work booths. It's not about the money. The troop is fine financially. It's the fact that parents don't take us, meaning Girl Scouts, as seriously as other activities. And this one, this response really hit me hard because I have felt this. I have definitely felt this way. And I think in making such an effort to make my troop, I can only speak to my experience, right? I can't speak to Nicole's. But for for me personally, in making such an effort to make the troop accessible, right? Come when you can. If you quit, you can come back. We want it to be accessible financially. We want the uniforms to be accessible. We want the activities to be accessible. We're going to be as flexible as possible, participate as little or as much as you want or can, right? In an effort to make it as accessible as possible in some ways, that means that people have less stake in the activity. And we put so much of ourselves into our troop, it's really hard to feel like that's not matched by the families involved. And that makes things like cookie season difficult. It also makes things like you want to plan a big trip or something like that and no one comes or very few girls participate. Those kind of things can happen throughout the year at any time of year. That can be hard, too, when you're trying to do something to celebrate your cookie sale and you your cookie pro, um, proceeds, how much money you made, and you want to spend it on something fun and the girls voted on it and this and that, and then a bunch of families aren't going to attend. That can be really frustrating. You put a ton of time and effort into planning a weekend getaway or a camping trip or something, and it takes a lot of effort to put that kind of thing together. And then to have people RSVP know, that's really disappointing. So we want the families to love Girl Scouts and to really want to participate. So in general, I first want to say I can really relate to this. I see you. This is so valid and it's so disheartening. And It's frankly a letdown to put a ton into something and then have to cancel things due to low attendance or to not be able to. You're available and you're willing to put the time and the effort and the resources of yours into whatever aspect of or all of the above, right? The entire Girl Scout experience and then to have families that just aren't invested. There's not a lot... I want to say I'm going to give some suggestions for what we can do about it, but I don't want to just say, oh, I can just solve this problem for you because first and foremost, it it's not because there's something that you're doing wrong or something that you're not doing that you could be doing. That's not what it is. And also... I want, so I definitely want to take time to acknowledge like how you're feeling and if you're feeling like this, if you've ever felt like this, I want to acknowledge that feeling. I want to acknowledge how much it stinks to feel that feeling. And I also want to say there's to a certain extent, that's more about them than it is about you. 
and you can't really make people care right? And so I am going to give suggestions of some things that we can do. And you could do all of these things. And it doesn't mean you're still you're never going to feel this way that you just solved the problem, right? That now, oh, good. Now it's never a problem that people don't take us seriously. It's not that simple. It's not that clean cut. However, I do think generally speaking, what's at the heart of this issue is perception. The perception is that this activity is less important or less valuable or the girl gets less out of it. Now, on one hand, it could be true. And I say this not because, again, not to say that you're doing anything wrong or there's anything you're not doing, but some girls are going to prefer other activities over Girl Scouts. Literally, no matter what you do, that is going to be out of your power because there are always going to be things that some girls find, especially as they get older, that they just they're more invested in and they could be more invested in it for any number of reasons the girl personally right she might be more invested in a sport because it she is really athletic she has a, a lot of talent for that sport and she really loves it it might be because her best friend doesn't do girl scouts but her best friend does do yearbook or photography or whatever right dance and so it's an opportunity for her to be with her best friend and so she's going to be drawn to that activity more it could be because the teacher who runs whatever the other program is or the um, volunteer who runs whatever the other program is somebody who's really significant right maybe it's a parent maybe it's an aunt or uncle maybe it's a grandparent maybe it's a family friend somebody who they've known their whole lives or they just click really well with this as an adult who just suddenly means a whole lot to them and that's going to be part of it now we can become that adult for a lot of girls right we can be that adult for a lot of girls but we can't be the only adult in their lives and we also we can't be that for every single girl just realistically it's not going to happen we're not going to have the same chemistry with every single girl as much as it's oh that's what we want to be the adult that makes girls want to come participate in Girl Scouts. They trust us. They love us. They see us as family. And so it's a priority to them to want to spend time with us. However, that's not going to be true for every single girl who could potentially join your troop. So there's lots and lots of reasons why the girl herself might just get something different out of other activities. And you could, let's say, if a girl is really athletic, so she prefers sports, could you do more activities that are really athletic and active to appeal to that girl? Yes, you could. But for every girl who's really athletic and active, there's another girl who hates athleticism and activities that are going to take a lot of like physical um, prowess. Also, there are girls who like those kind of activities might not be accessible to them. Hiking might not be accessible to every girl to participate. As an example, different sports might not be accessible to every girl. For every girl that you try to appease, let's say there's a girl who really loves art. That's what she's really drawn to. Now, you could do a lot more art and a lot more creativity things and really lean in on the art. But for every girl who loves art, there's going to be a girl who prefers sports and vice versa. So no matter what you lean into, you're going to attract some girls and repel others. And not to say that girls can't do all of the above, right? You can love sports and art and all kinds of other hobbies and you can have multiple best friends. You can have your your best friend and still love the girls who are in the troop and maybe you're not friends outside of Girl Scouts, so it's like a special opportunity. But still, 
there's going to be things that they're drawn to that are different. So that's like where I want to start is that very first of all, there are girls that are truly going to be more invested in other activities and especially as they get older and those activities become more and more demanding of their time and energy and of the parental commitment, right? Those parents then are going to be like, listen, I am not going to do all of this. I'm not going to do all of this. We're not going to spend six to 12 weeks of cookie season at booths every single weekend and also going to sports practices three times a week and also going to play practice rehearsal five times a week and also trying to get your homework done. I'm not doing this. I also am my own person and I have a life. So you're going to have to narrow it down and whatever they narrow it down to be the priority is going to be a mix of what's important to the girl and what's important to the adult. So to a certain extent, there's just things we can't help. It's it's just gonna, there's gonna be certain families who just aren't gonna prioritize Girl Scouts, literally no matter what we do. And definitely we wanna try to make the troop as accessible as possible for girls to continue to participate even as they have a mix of things that they're involved with and that are balancing multiple priorities. So I know in my troop, as they got older, especially girls started playing more sports and there were certain seasons that we would lose. Like the majority of one of our age levels, they all played softball together. (laughs) And during softball season, we just lost almost that entire grade level. Now, what was really hard is not all the girls in our troop went to the same school. And not all the girls in that grade level went to the same school, but this whole group did and they played softball together. So not only did we lose those girls, but the girls who weren't part of that softball team, even if they liked softball, if they weren't part of that softball team, there was also a divide of these girls had this other experience that they were doing together outside of Girl Scouts. And there were girls who were left behind while that that part of the troop was really unable to participate in a lot of stuff during softball season. Those girls were still showing up and they just were without their peer group. And when the softball girls did show up, then the girls who were had been at Girl Scouts the whole time, those girls who didn't play softball, they were missing stuff. They were missing memories. They were missing inside jokes. They weren't part of the clique, right? That was like definitely something that we wanted to make sure that Girl Scouts was still available to those girls when they were able to attend. But it was disappointing, especially because my troop met only every other Tuesday evening. That's it. Just every other Tuesday evening. And I really did wish that those girls could possibly just miss one softball practice every other week. I really did wish that. I Or they left their softball practice early every other week. <laughs> just one time, just one night a week. They were playing softball several nights a week by the time they were in middle school, right? Their practices were frequent and they didn't directly overlap. So it really would just be like a late thing or an early thing, like either come to Girl Scouts late or what I would really prefer since Girl Scouts is only once every two weeks, just leave softball early and come to Girl Scouts. Like how sad that um, balance couldn't be made. But that's not my choice, right? So I have the choice to say, no, you either have to show up like attendance is mandatory or I have to let them come when they can. And that's a choice, right? I think generally speaking, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, that my general response is going to be like, of course, make it available to any girl who can come even for as little bit as she can come, right? As little bit as she's able to participate, any Girl Scouts is a better impact on her life than no Girl Scouts. That is generally the direction I go. Also, I really hate the idea of being exclusive or pushing a girl to 
have a negative experience or a family to have a negative experience with Girl Scouts where they feel excluded and then that's their impression of the organization and of the brand. I really hate for girls and families to have negative experiences in Girl Scouts. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but generally speaking, whatever we can do to try to make sure it's a positive experience, I definitely am inclined to do. Anyway, I think I chose to allow them to come. What they would do is they'd come to every other meeting during softball season and they just didn't, they weren't really able to do events. And that's a stank because stank, stunk, whatever. <laughs> it was, it was a little sour because it meant that we only saw them about once a month during softball season. And, and they just, they were really active members of the troop the rest of the year. So anyways, I digress. The point here that I'm trying to, oh, there's lots of points, but one of the points that I'm trying to make is that we can be flexible, but then that can also cause less commitment. And I think that there are ways to put, force some skin in the game. When I say, oh, I wish that they could just miss softball practice or leave softball practice early every other week, the reality is that in order to play on the team, once you get to a certain level, there are attendance requirements and girls actually can't miss practices or they can't play on the team. Either they'll be penalized that they can't participate in certain games or they would be, their spot would be gone off the team altogether. And because that kind of investment in is, is present, that is a reason why people will make sure their kids are there, right? Another reason is financial. So sports can be really expensive. Other hobbies can be really expensive. Band can be really expensive. Sports can be really expensive. Certain hobbies can require really expensive uniforms and equipment. I know cheer can be really expensive, specifically as a sport. That's something that has come up for me in working with girls. But any sport can be really pricey. And if your families spend a significant chunk of change on a particular event, then it makes sense that they'd be more inclined to ensure that their kid gets as much out of that financial investment as possible. If I'm going to drop a couple hundred bucks a year on a sport, then and Girl Scouts is pretty much accessible to me. Either it has a zero cost, direct mon monetary cost, or has a less than $100 monetary cost for the year. Then it's a lot easier for me to skip Girl Scouts than to skip the thing that cost me several hundred bucks, right? That on my kid's going to be where the investment was. So that's actually a big reason why some people advocate in favor of dues, of troop dues, because it creates a financial investment. Even if the troop dues are like a dollar a meeting or something like that, when people pay to play, they participate at a to a more invested degree and this is something that they that people are big believers in business too right if you offer something for free then people are less likely to do it they might sign up for it but they're not going to show up live if they do show up live they're not going to be participating to the same extent if they have to pay a significant chunk of change if it hurts their wallet if it hurts them a little bit then they are going to make sure they get the most out of it that they possibly can now i think that there's some toxicity here as well as some accessibility issues so so I'm not really a proponent of that kind of mindset or that kind of, but that there is some validity to the fact that these other activities that girls really desperately want to participate in that cost a significant amount of money, that's going to create a financial investment that 
families are then inclined to prioritize that. So I, I think you have to play it by ear with how it feels for you and what makes sense for your group and the socioeconomic status of the, the people involved. But I think for me, the area that I had my troop in was a pretty well-off area. Not every family in my troop was well off, but generally speaking, it was a pretty well off area. I never had an issue with doing troop dues. We did troop dues of $50 a year in my troop. And my intention originally was that was only going to be the first year. And then the following years would be no dues because we would make that money in cookies. But honestly, when talking with the families, they really felt the same way I did, which is that we didn't want to put as much pressure on cookie season to have to make a ton of money. We didn't want the the pressure to the only way we could have what kind of Girl Scout year we wanted is if we sold X number of cookies. We didn't want it to be dependent on that. So we knew we had a base foundation of troop funds from troop dues and also uniforms were out of pocket for the duration of my troop. So I I did have troop dues and girls did pay their own membership fee and they did or their family did and they did supply their own uniform. Now with that being said, we talked about what uniforms pieces were actually quote unquote required and in what context they'd be required. We which of course we could make that as accessible as possible. You just have to have pins. We did provide troop t-shirts, so in any circumstances where uniforms were required, you pretty much could also wear a troop tee. With certain things like if they were getting their bronze award and they were at a ceremony from council, then council would have requirements about their uniform. That's not me having that requirement. That's in order to go to the ceremony and be recognized and honored. They had to be in a certain level of uniform and that so there were instances if you're going to be in a parade if you're going to be in the media if you're whatever then you have to have certain uniform pieces but if we're doing bridging with our troop i want full uniform or your troop tee and it just is what it is and we provided the troop tee we didn't charge for that with everything that we charged for because we also did some out-of-pocket support when we had like a big camping trip or something like that with anything that cost money, we reiterated that financial aid applications were available from council as well as we would work with people financially, that we didn't want finances to ever be an obstacle for a girl to participate. So this is what the cost is. And if you if it would prevent your girl from participating, reach out to us. Right. We can have us. We can find a solution for you. There were girls who we waived their activity fees so that they could participate. There were girls who applied for financial aid. And if they applied for financial aid, we did not charge them dues. There was no penalty for not paying dues. So although we said, this is what's due, this is the deadline by which the dues are due, if someone's family didn't pay, that girl was not going to have any repercussions, right? But we didn't say, pay or don't, it's up to you. We said, this is the amount and this is when it's due. And then we just never, ever would hold that against a kid, if that makes sense then that I think that did help. But I also acknowledge that $50 a year for dues is really high for some areas where you're not really going to have any families that can participate at that level. Where for me, we had almost 100% participation in dues every single year. Most years we did have 100% participation in dues. Occasionally we would have a, a family who didn't pay um, or couldn't pay and, and that was okay. Um, they would normally talk to us about it. We did have a couple of people who did payment plans. So instead of paying $50 at once, they they worked out a payment plan with us. 
And but at the end of the day, like we had no problem getting dues from our families. But that was a big product of where <laughs> the socioeconomic status, the area that my troop was in. And $50 a year is still not comparable to a lot of other activities that girls are participating in, regardless of their socioeconomic status, right? It can, there can be activities that price girls of a certain socioeconomic status out. There are girls who aren't ever going to play sports because they're, or banned or whatever, because their parents can't afford the costs involved. But generally speaking, there are kids who may express, their family may express to you that they can't afford Girl Scouts and yet they will prioritize paying for something else. So again, there's only so much control we have over that. The reality is everybody's money is their own. It's their own budget. It's their own choice of how they're going to spend that money. And we don't get to have opinions about that. That's up to them. That's their personal business and it's what's best for their family. And you have to trust that they're making decisions that are best for their family, and it doesn't matter whether they're the same decisions you would make or you wish they would make. It's up to them. It's totally up to them what they choose to spend their money on and how they choose to, to allocate the funds that they do have. So it's not up to you. But which can be tough because, again, it, it can feel disheartening to feel like we put so much into an activity to try to make it as fun and accessible and meaningful for girls as possible and then feel like the families don't even care that this is available. So... And they just as soon go prioritize something else instead. So that doesn't take the hurt away. Okay, another aspect of this is definitely their perception of the value. So somewhat we associate value with the cost. If the cost is free or totally low barrier to entry, it gives the perception that the value is very low. And although I think that, the, again, that feeds into like toxicity and inaccessibility, <laughs> there's plenty of things that cost money that don't have value. And there's plenty of things that have value that should be free and accessible to everyone. But there is definitely that association, right? When you're shopping at the grocery store and you're trying to make a decision, about something and you don't have a brand affiliation, but you're like looking at what's available, sometimes you're going to just pick the cheapest available. And sometimes there's this feeling that like the generic or the cheapest version, you don't want to go cheapest. You don't need the most expensive necessarily. You don't want to go cheapest. You want to go middle of the road because there's an assumption that the quality is going to be better if you don't get the cheapest one. Sometimes we get the cheapest one because we have done the, the lived experience to know that there is no difference. Or sometimes it just lives really is the only option that's accessible to us. And so we pick the cheapest option. But generally speaking, I think we can all agree that there is an assumption that the reason why the same product might cost more from one brand than from another is because there's something about it that's better. And we covet, even if we can't spend that maximum amount, we covet that, right? Like we we wish that we could or we wish that it didn't cost as much as it did because we want the best thing. There is definitely an association as far as cost goes. So what else could we be doing? This is my big question here. What else could we do to help people understand the value available to them through Girl Scouts. That is something we can contribute to. Now, again, there's only so much we can do, right? Because you can send information home with the kids after a troop meeting, but they have to show up to the troop meeting to get it. And even if you send it home, doesn't mean a parent will ever look at it. Doesn't mean you're going to hit on the points that really resonate with the parent. You can put it in an email, but they have to read the email in order to get it. You can put it in a troop handbook, but they've got to read the troop handbook in order to get it. You can talk about it at a parent's meeting, but they got to be present at the parent's 
conference meeting and actively engaged in the conversation to get it. So the best advice that I can give with trying to make sure that the perceived value is really high is to put perceived value to be emphasizing value everywhere you can in every opportunity, every conversation you have with a parent, everything you send home, do send stuff home with kids, do put it in emails. If you have a troop Facebook group, put stuff in the Facebook group. We want to talk about things like the research of what we know the impact is for girls. We want to talk about activities and results. Here's what we did and here's what the result was. Here's some of the stuff that I, I've seen and heard. We want to talk about the opportunities for girls that are forward thinking, right? That as girls get older in this program, there's opportunities for international travel. There's opportunities for college scholarships. There's opportunities for national recognition. There's opportunities to potentially volunteer be a girl committee member for so many things, both for council as well as for national. They can help design the new uniforms. They can help uh, design the new clothing lines that come out. They can help plan convention. They can be on stage at convention. They could be on stage at your annual meeting or help plan your annual meeting. They could contribute at summer camp as counselors in training and then eventually as camp staff. There's so many levels of opportunity available. Talk about what the skills are that exist in the badge work at your current level, but also in the future badges. Give them the opportunity to see, to get a glimpse of what's ahead. One thing that I know is a really common thing is that a lot of people enroll their kid into Girl Scouts thinking that Girl Scouts is a K-5 to activity. They actually don't even know that Girl Scouts keeps going 6th through 12th grade. And just starting to break those myths is going to help add perceived value of this is what they get. Also, do your parents know what happens at your troop meetings? Do you tell them what, what they did? This is what activity we did and this is what we were working toward and this is what they got out of it. Now that we've earned this badge, we can, right? Like in the back of the badge requirements, it says, in, once a girl's earned this badge, she should be able to do these things. And there's like bullet points. Do your parents ever see that? Do they know this is the badge that you're working towards and this is the significance of it? Do they know why, what kind of skills girls are working toward in the badge work? Do they know why those skills were selected because it was based on extensive research from GSUSA? Do they know what the impacts of being involved in Girl Scouts are long term? Do they know how you're working to foster relationships? Do they know how you are not just the skills, but also the different areas of learning? One thing that I would try to communicate to parents as best as I could is that G-I-R-L, go-getter, risk-taker, Oh, I said it in the wrong order. Go-getter, innovator, risk-taker, and leader. Do they even know that framework exists? Because once they know it exists, then you can speak to it, right? Here's how we're working on goals. Here's how we're working on innovation. Here's how we're working on taking risks. And here's how we're working on leadership. Here are some areas that I've seen your individual girl grow and flourish related to this GIRL framework, right? Here's how GSLE works. This is what the badge work is based on. Because if they think... Girl Scouts is really for girls in kindergarten through fifth grade to eat cookies, to go camping, and to and play outside, and to glue popsicle sticks together to make crafts. If they think that's what Girl Scouts is, they don't understand why this is something that should be a priority. And when they're faced with other opportunities for their kid and how they and their families spend their time, 
they might see sports. There's an opportunity for girls to get scholarships. I'm going to really, my kid loves this sport and she's good at it. So I'm going to really push the sport because I want her to have a chance to get a scholarship to college. Did you know that you can get scholarships for being a Girl Scout as well? Did you know that you can get scholarships in general for being a Girl Scout, but especially for being a Gold Award Girl Scout? There are scholarships available specifically to girls who are Girl Scouts or who were Girl Scouts, right? And that could be any number of things like you were ever a Girl Scout or it could be that you went all the way through. There's opportunities available like that. I want my girl to, she has an opportunity to play this club sport. She's going to be traveling to play this sport. That's really cool. Did you know how much travel is available for girls? Did you know that girls enrolled in Girl Scouts can actually attend a Girl Scout camp in any of the U.S.? in any part of the U.S., not just in your council, not just in your state. They can actually go attend camps in other councils. They could be part of destinations and they could either travel nationally or internationally and experience the culture, the food, the natural wonders of whatever area. Did you know, oh, I really want my girl to participate in this club because it's, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something STEM related. She's getting really good experience with STEM and I really I want to encourage that because I want her to have a good opportunity to make more money and have a solid job. Did you know that Girl Scouts typically make more, Girl Scout alumni make more money in their lifetime than non-Girl Scout alumni? Did you know that Girl Scouts typically are have a higher level of education? They got better grades. They make more money. They vote more often because there's a lot of value to to a girl's lifetime achievement and happiness and fulfillment for being a Girl Scout and especially the longer that she stays in Girl Scouts. Also, if you think STEM is really cool, did you know that's one of the cornerstones of the Girl Scout programming? Here are all the STEM badges we've worked on this year and here's all the STEM badges that we're looking forward to as the girls get older. There's so many ways to help them see that any value they could get from any other activity or organization they could also get in Girl Scouts, right? But they don't know those things and they're not going to go seek that information out. So we have to put it in front of them repeatedly in every avenue that's available in order to drive that home. And it's not just what the girls' experiences and what the adults' experiences are, although those are going to be the two biggest determining factor. It's also going to be society. What does What's society's impression of Girl Scouting? What is the brand recognition in your community. And so this is where, and I think this needs a whole episode. I've had this on my list for a while, but this is where telling our story, our Girl Scout stories to press to get PR and media attention for Girl Scouts can make a really big difference because if your community has an idea and understanding and impression of Girl Scouts, especially older girls, it's going to influence customer behavior during cookie season. It's going to influence registration numbers. It's going to influence girl retention. It's going to influence your community partnership availability. So many things are going to be impacted that and by that. And the more that we can elevate the brand impression of Girl Scouts where people really understand what it is that Girl Scouts do and what Girl Scouts consists of, the national organization needs our help in telling those stories because the stories are ours, right? And so they, before they can even go to the media to get attention, they have to collect the stories. And that in itself is difficult. We already have the stories, you guys. So helping share those stories through media and press 
can actually really help with spreading brand awareness and that really high level perception as well. And if your parents are seeing on a local news report about great things Girl Scouts are doing in there, it's coming up in their Facebook feed, these articles and blog posts about all the great things Girl Scouts are doing. If they're seeing that stuff elsewhere, not just hearing it from you, that's going to reinforce how important this is and how great it is that their kid is part of this, right? So all of this is really important. And I, and I want to just like really hit one more point home before I wrap up this episode, which is that we can create the best possible experience for girls. The girls might really love it. They might be really close to each other. They really love the activities. They see a lot of value. They look forward to coming every single week. They don't want to leave when the meeting's over. They have the best times when you ask them about their best childhood memories. They're all Girl Scout related. They could say all of those things. And yes, that is going to influence the parents. But at the end of the day, if the parent doesn't see the value in Girl Scouting, that kid is not coming back, no matter how much they love it. The parent has to see the value. So I want to reiterate what I said at the beginning, which is that to a certain extent, there's things out of your control. There's things that just are you're not going to be able to correct for, right? There's and there's th it's not your fault. It's not like you could be doing more and that would have kept this a higher priority for girls. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that it hurts when we're not a priority. And here are the things that we can do, knowing and acknowledging that it's not perfect and that there are still going to be families that don't prioritize Girl Scouts. There's going to be turnover. There's going to be people who don't make it a, a high priority or a top priority. But the more that we can do all of these things and especially all of us really working to do all of these things the more that there are other girls and other families who will join and recruitment is a whole other aspect of if you have families who aren't as excited and aren't as passionate about it and aren't as willing to prioritize it we need to be recruiting we need to always be recruiting in new families who are going to be excited and that is a hard truth that's true at work too if you think about it like when you have a staff of people who are really miserable and they hate their jobs, sometimes turnover is the healthiest thing for that organization. Sometimes the people who are unhappy or who aren't prioritizing work or who are making it actively not a positive situation, when they leave and new people come in, the new people actually make it better. I'm not going to do another whole half hour on that, but I will just say that too, that there there is a certain element of recruitment in this that can also really help. And if you're like me, then your next troop might just be even more effective because once you've done it, you've learned. <laughs> so next time around, we're just going to do it even better. <laughs> so anyway, if you're feeling unprioritized or unappreciated, let me be the first one to stand in line with my hand in the air, waving wildly and enthusiastically to tell you, thank you for everything you do for girls and volunteers in your area. Thank you. And this program couldn't happen without you. And definitely the cookie program couldn't happen without you. And for a lot of girls in a lot of places, the cookie program makes Girl Scouts possible. Thank you for everything you do and your hard work. And even when it feels hard, which is a lot, and even when you feel like it's thankless, which is most of the time, and even when you aren't necessarily sure if you see the benefit equaling the amount of effort that you're putting forth, thank you. Thank you for doing it. And I promise that this is just a season and then we'll be out of cookie season again, you guys. Cookies is not the whole Girl Scout experience, even when sometimes it starts to feel overwhelming enough that it feels like it is. It really isn't. All right. All my love. I'll see you next week. Bye.